that was that was just absolute gold that was missed on the recording. But I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's more to come out of you. Of course. Well, I don't even know where to start. Sports fan to world, welcome back, season two, episode twenty-one, with your host, Mr. Peanut, and the polar bear, baby. We got one topic and one topic only today. I mean, why, why even talk about anything else? The NFL doesn't matter at this point. For all of the things that we've discussed, we are now in somewhat of the twilight zone of oh Padre fanhood. So there's a lot to discuss, but initial thoughts. What do you What do you got for me? Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's oh, quite a bit of bandwagoner fans in San Diego. I'll start with that. Um, <laughs> bring them. Come on. Come well, on. Hey, man. You know, um, I think just initially with, you know, everything that's transpired, if you will, you know, if, especially through our podcast, we were, excuse me, we've gone through the highs. We've gone through the lows. We're in the highs right now. And I think as a fan base, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. And this is the biggest thing is I can't remember where I was hearing it, but everybody was talking about, you know, those early 2000 Padres and just, you know, us as fans, we went through all that shit. And to be at the position we are now within the past three, four seasons, it's, it just, oh man, it, it, it makes me feel happy for the future. It's been unbelievable. I mean, let's start from the beginning here. So and I'm talking pre-playoffs, which our whole thing was let's get into the playoffs and right. see what happens. Let's get in. Let's get at least that going. And then, you know, if we don't play well, well, at least we had a strong end to the season. Correct. So we made it to the playoffs. Beautiful. Before the last day of the season. Got a little hairy there, but we, you know, we handled it when we need to. Right. And then the Phillies and Brewers had their own hiccups as well. So we ended up as the five seed. Yeah, yeah there's, there's six total teams that make it. So we ended up as the five seed. And what ended up with the Mets collapse, matching up with them. So then you're going, at least personally, I'm going Scherzer, DeGrom, Wolf. That might be Very a 2 Very scary. Yeah, I mean, those are two, just on paper, before you head out there, those are two top dogs right. that usually – you know, have their way with you. And going into game one, I mean, it's almost like the Padres have completely shifted into the team that we've always wanted them to be. That was the team that we've been talking about for two years, minus all the BS, minus all the all right. missed opportunities, injuries, Tatis, you know, we could talk about that all day. Right. But from the start of the Mets series, it felt different. I mean, Josh Bell, who I still bark at the TV, goes yard off Scherzer in the first inning. Where has that been? I know. So that happens, and you're going, well, what the hell? We're scoring in the first. We're hitting bombs. And Grisham? Oh. Who? I mean, he was unbelievable in that series. You know what's funny is someone made a comment. I can't remember if I was listening to like sports radio or something like that because they were kind of criticizing Juan Soto and, you know, just kind of the rest of the team. And, and there was a, there was one of the guy had a comment and said, you know, you're, you're not winning 
you're not winning playoff baseball on the shoulders of Trent Grisham. And in that early series with the Mets, I would kind of argue that conversation and say, Hey, I mean, you know, our team, I think that kind of explains it right there. Our team has just through everything that's transpired this season, we have fought through adversity and it shows. And as a team that deserves to be in the position they are right now, I mean, Trent Grisham going off like that, it, it just kind of shows what our team is about, I guess. Absolutely went off. We're talking <laughs> home runs, base hits. I'm going, I, this guy, who is he was this at gentleman? the plate all regular season, I mean, didn't have a clue. Didn't right. have a clue what was going on. Correct. And I don't know what he changed, figured out, maybe just – Something definitely changed, obviously, because the results came. And the and Nola as well. Nola was kind of in the same boat, not as awful as Grisham was in the regular season. But in the wildcard series, those two guys particularly played phenomenal. Right. And once you have guys that you don't even expect to produce, start producing, it takes the pressure off the top of the lineup. It takes pressure off Machado, who we've leaned on the entire year, and he can just kind of go up there right. and try to find his pitch. And we saw that in game one when they, I think it was like, what, 7-1? Just absolutely mopped the floor with the Mets. Yeah. Lost game two, and then Joe freaking Musgrove. So I'd love to hear your take on the Showalter disaster. Because I'll tell you mine. I was in Vegas at the sports book just you know, trying to will the Padres to a W. It was a hard-fought game there, but Joe was absolutely dealing. Right. And in the sports book, you know, there's, like, Sunday night football going on. There's other sports going on, so I can't hear the broadcast. All I can see is, like, the pause of play, and there's some sort of commotion, and Musgrove starts taking off his hat, and I'm going, wait a sec. What? Are they checking him for substances? And I'm like, that's, like, the last guy, number one, that would ever do something like that. Right. And then, but then I'm like, well, does he? Because his years are like super red. So then, like, they do the whole thing and nothing comes of it. Immediate anger just comes over me. Right. I just go, show Walter, just pulling out some bullshit to try to do something, you know? And it's like, that guy's been, my thing is, that guy's been in the major leagues as a manager for so long. It's like, you know better than that, dude. It's like, if he's just out there dealing and you're trying to pull some, like, bullshit to try to get in his head, that's, we're talking Bush League. Well, and, you know, look, I've I've followed Buck for a while. I mean, he was an Orioles coach, you know, most of my life. And, you know, he, he coached with the Yankees prior to that. And so he knows, like, and you kind of alluded to it, he knows, he knows every rule in the book. I mean, shit, the, the whole, I, I think I may have even texted you, you know, how limiting shifts during games. I mean, Buck Showalter with the Orioles at one point in a season, they were the team that shifted the most during games. And that is all Buck Showalter. I mean, he's the kind of guy that does that. I agree with you. I thought the move was very Bush League, very um, grasping at straws to find yeah. a way to, you know, just get Musgrove off his off of his game. And it didn't phase him. And not at all. And and as a baseball fan and as a as a fan that respected uh Buck Showalter, that will definitely be uh 
a black mark on his very successful, you know, if you want to call that successful run through the major leagues in baseball history. And to do something like that is, I don't know. I, the whole time I'm going, what the hell's happening? And, and, you know, and I think someone tweeted, you know, Buck, was concerned with the ball rotation and then he started and then he got like two of the baseballs and felt them I mean that that to me was very very odd um but you know fuck it (laughs) do do whatever you want because and, and this is what I really liked about that scenario was the growth that Joe Musgrove has gone through any any young pitcher especially Musgrove himself any young pitcher like that he could totally get phased and and begin to you know you know kind of second guess himself on pitches and things like that and get in his own head and hey you want to play that move play the move Buck but I'm just I'm very happy with you know Joe's versatility I guess you know yeah yeah he absolutely took it on the chin. Actually, he got more fired up. He started. Oh, yeah. He threw. He threw the uh, Kenny Powers like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Um, you know, letting the crowd know like, "What do you got for me?" I mean, it was beautiful. For a guy like me, I like that fiery shit. Oh, of course. And, and here's like, the thing, Polar Bear. Oh. Here's the thing, Polar Bear. I was a Showalter guy. I liked Showalter. Me too. I mean, and I now like I am so far out on Showalter. Right? Like. You gave me a reason as a Pods fan. Now I have a reason to always be like, oh, Buck Showalter, the guy who tried to get Musgrove out of the game when he was doing nothing wrong except mowing down the fucking Mets. Right. Literally gave up one hit. And I just, I don't like how you're trying to take credit away from him in in a certain respect. And then it gave guys like Brian Kenny, that clown on the MLB network, who has no proof of anything and he goes on national TV and tries to denounce Musgrove's performance like he's ever played a sport in his life. So right. disavow, disavow. But uh that's why I didn't like it, because you're taken away from the performance, which was amazing in a winner take all. Right. But none of that shit matters because we won, Mets lost, and then we moved on to the NLDS. Right. And that's when shit got real, man. Oh yeah. Dodgers, Padres. It's I mean, it's you know, still it's David versus <laughs> Goliath, is what it was. And, and then game one, they kind of you know it was like five zero. Clevenger stinks. Hashtag Clevenger stinks. Out on Clevenger. Can't can't have him on the bump anymore. Um, I would agree with that. So the daughters were just kind of doing what they've been doing to us all year. And that's when I was like, oh, man, we just literally can't do it. And then, like I said, in the videos they posted on our page, we did do something. We came back, put a couple runs on the board, had three runs, had a couple opportunities to get the hit, the big hit. Didn't do it that game, but it still felt like we were in it, which is all I really wanted. Never in my wildest dreams did I could I have expected what happened. Right. And I mean it's it's insane. It's insane to to say aloud that we beat them in the NLDS like in every type of game that you could have played. 
just pure grit, really. Right. I, I completely agree with that. I think, you know, like I said early on in the game, in the, in this current podcast, the fact that our team has gone through, I mean, we've gone through every scenario. I mean, we had a huge, we had our biggest player go out in the worst way with our team and our team said, you know what, screw it. We will, we will survive here and we will push through. And I think that whatever, you know, Bob Melvin is doing in the clubhouse is showing us as fans on the, on the field that these guys are not going to give up. And Mm -hmm. to finally feel that as a fan and to see it come through, especially in the Dodgers game is, is guys, I mean, you know, Mr. Pina and myself have been, we have been seeking this out is players that want to win and defend the Padres. And that's how I finally feel as a fan. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there last night watching the game and we'll get to that. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. I'm again, I've always lived and died on every pitch, but now (laughs) I'm on it. Like, Oh my God, you know, this is it. And our guys are feeling it. And like I said earlier, that whole Dodger series was David versus, versus Goliath. And, you know, it is a huge middle finger to the Dodgers, the Dodger fans, team. I don't give a shit. You know, it, it, I am so happy we beat you fuckers. It, it just, <laughs> it, it, because we, I'm not going to talk about what's going to happen in the future. But right now, we deserve it. And, you know, I, 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 this is the Dodgers series. Gosh, darn it. Man. The disrespect, <laughs> the absolute disrespect that we faced for years right. from Dodger fans. Not just, and that's the thing about it is like they went into that series going, Oh, it's the Padres. You know, we're we're just gonna beat them again. Oh, it's what we've always wanted. It's what we've always wanted. Each game was its own war, right? Right. We would score, they would score. They would score, we would score. And it's like the only way you can beat a team like that is to continue to respond. Right. And that's what I was talking about in the videos that I posted. We just want a team that's want that's going to fight. We want a team that says. You know, it's three to it's three to two. We're down one in the seventh, but we're gonna take walks. We're gonna find a way to, you know, sack flies, whatever. Right, right. Um, and I mean, they they played phenomenal baseball in that series, and it it's just I I can't even it does it didn't seem real for a long time. Still doesn't really when you say the Padres beat the Dodgers three one. Right, but just the fact that every single Dodger fan has to swallow that for the rest of their lives. Oh, it's right. like you, it's like, we'll have that forever over, you know, it's like, it's not a rivalry. Shout out to uh, Logan in uh, season one. It's not a rivalry. Oh yeah. Maybe it's not, you know what I mean? Maybe it's not because <laughs> we kind of whooped your ass in, uh, you know, with actual fans and shit. Yeah. I'll pull that card. I'll pull that card. I'll do whatever I want. Three, one. And I mean, 
truly an unbelievable script unraveling right before our eyes. Right. And now we'll get into the NLCS because the Dodgers are dead. Like, who cares? We whooped your ass. You're dead. Son of the next one. You guys can complain for eight months about how you choked again, but right. I, no, no one cares. Um, so now it's the Phillies and us. Who the Phillies are on a similar trajectory that we are. Beat the Cardinals, mm-hmm. beat the Braves, defending champs. Um, game one, I'll tell you this. I felt weird about it. Really, I had a weird, I had a weird feeling about it going into it because, like we're talking about the impact of beating the Dodgers for once after losing literally every series the entire year. Right. It was such a high. It was almost like we won the World Series. So that's kind of what I felt going into game one. I'm like, ah, you know, like, do we have the juice to continue, like wipe that off and then move on to the next level of intensity, which is, all right, we beat the Dodgers finally, but now it's about winning the whole damn thing. Right. Not, like right. forget forget that series win. Like if we just won the NLDS, does that is it's a great win for us, but it doesn't count toward anything. Like we're trying to go to that next step. So it was an awful game. I mean, we couldn't hit the ball. Uh either could they really, but they had a couple of just absolute shots. Shout out to former Cub Kyle Schwarber who sent it to the moon in a ball that I've never seen hit at Petco. It actually was the longest home run hit in Petco Park. It was insane. It's like it was for a college night. 52 feet, I think. It's like where uh, college night used to be. That's oh, where you hit the ball. It's like you can't hit the ball up there. It's impossible. Oh, a cannon. <laughs> An absolute moonshot. Um, so we were down 1-0, and yesterday was must-win. It was must-win territory. Oh, my God. I mean, I'll – my recap on game one was I'm I've always been a U Darvish fan and I will continue to be a U Darvish fan and I will defend that guy till the end of the days because he has got some nasty stuff. I mean, let's put it this way. You're pitching against Bryce Harper. You know, if you pitch to him three times in a game, maybe four times, one of those times is going to come up with a home run or a double or a triple of some sort. And you know, you texted me. I said, hey, you even I think you even said, like, why throw a strike there? He's so hot. He's so hot right now. He is. And he is. And 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 who knows? You know, maybe we walk him. Maybe we don't. But it was how the cards fell. And, yeah. you know, as I said, you throw it to Bryce Harper, one of those times he's going to hit a knock and it's going to go far. So uh, that was it. Uh, personally, I'm very happy that you, Darvish, went – long into the game I felt like he went a little too long um just just a personal opinion mind you he can he can he can definitely you know throw it out for long long and I love that I'm a big you push it to the end I'm a huge Nolan Ryan guy so you finish the game you started and I have a lot of respect for that but I think Melvin probably should have taken him a little bit early but that hey I digress um but (laughs) Uh, to your point about feeling weird about game one, my biggest thing was when we weren't hitting, the first thing I thought of was we are hungover from our win. And yeah. our guys just, you know, maybe we take that game just to kind of recoup. We'll see how that plays out. But 
I, I, that's how I felt. I felt as if that game for us was, it was the sobering up game and you go into game two. I mean, shit, we're down four zero. Everybody's looking at the goose going, what the fuck is going on? Goose? <laughs> and, and our guys, you know, our guys just look at it. I mean, last night's game was phenomenal on all aspects of the game. It, it was a game that I think you and I, as true baseball fans and the rest amongst us, saw a complete baseball game out of the Padres. And it gave me a hell of a kick in the ass going, all right, we can, we play like that continuously. We will push through this thing and we will see who is the, who is the top. And I loved it. The when it so when it was four zero, it was a choice you make as a team. It's like, are you going to be the team that we're just going to kind of skate by? And oh, they went up four zero, and you know we had a good run, but that was that. Or are you going to directly fight back? And with Drury and Bell going back to back, immediately I went from to hold on a sec. There's a lot of game left here, and if we're going to like, you know, try to find our pitch and you know, makes shit happen, then I'm absolutely all in. Right. And that's exactly what we saw almost immediately. Those two hits, inning over, and then it was either the following inning or the one after, which was the big uh, five or six run inning. I think it was five run inning. And, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, that is what the playoffs is all about. And we got guys on base, and we had bases loaded, one out with Machado up. He strikes out. And you're going, you got to be kidding, man. Right. Like, we're right here. The game's tied now. DeSoto got a, a clutch hit for once. Christ oh. almighty. Like, wow. That was – it was just an insane inning full of that. Right. Also, Austin Nola getting the clutch hit and run off his brother with Kim just hustling around like a maniac, getting, the, getting us within one. But then for Brandon Drury to come up in that moment, 3-2 pitch, two out, bases loaded, and come up with that huge two-run single, I mean, first of all, the city and the fans were going absolutely insane. Right. Um, which has been a talking point of all the broadcasts of how great the environment has been at PECA, which is phenomenal to hear because it literally has been so long that we deserve it. And we we got to come out like that. Right. Um. But, yeah, I mean, we just completely flipped the game. It was 4-0, now it's 6-4, and it's like, now what? Now, you know, you got to respond to us now. And that's the type of shit, if you're going to win the World Series, you have to do that because you just have to be that type of team that it doesn't matter what the score is. You got to be a dog in the fight. Right. Make that team fight from behind, as we've always played behind. Um, Another thing, polar bear. (laughs) Good lord. We we didn't we didn't talk about the Padres bullpen in the Dodgers series. And I mean, pretty much all playoffs long, actually. Absolutely incredible. Oh my god. Um they they used to be guys that would come out and you'd be like, uh Tim Hill, uh Suarez at one point, who's been an absolute dog. Hater came when he first got traded, was a mess. Oh, we were we wanted him shipped off. My lord, you couldn't get a person out there smoking the ball off, and you're going, Jesus Christ, this guy's worse than Rogers somehow. Oh yeah. 
everything's changed. They are now like the strongest point of the team. And finally, let's let's put it at that. It's shocking. (laughs) Let's put it. You know what's really funny is as a Padre fan, how how much have we fucking been told? Oh, they got a great farm system. Oh, they got the best (laughs) pitching staff in the world. Oh, they got this. They got that. No team will hit off them. Well, fuck that. We are finally, finally, finally responding to the expectations of Padre fans. And um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I think his last name is Garcia for us right now. Yeah. I am his, his biggest fan. That guy fucking throws smoke, and he just he can t- he can dish it out. And I don't know if I just didn't notice this all season, but that motherfucker throws a hundred miles an hour. He probably throws the fastest arm on the staff, and he is a extremely dominant. And to finally feel the passion I feel right now about our pitching staff, I've I I can honestly. I can honestly say this. As a Padres fan, I have never felt that way about our pitching staff. For how much the league has hyped up our pitching staff and our farm system and shit like that, wow, I'm finally seeing that. And I'm No, no. The thing the thing is, it's all for the first time in our lives, collectively, all phases of the game have come together. Correct. I didn't even think it was possible, actually. It's like the bullpen's great, the hitting stinks. The hitting's great, the starting pitching stinks, and the bullpen's okay. It's always been there's missing there's missing things to the team. Right now, right. somehow, we've brought it all together after like such a bizarre Years. year, you know? We're playing with without our best player, arguably the best player in baseball. That's and cool. we're better. Yes, we're doing way better. We are playing the I you said it. We are collectively playing the game that as Padre fans we've expected and we've deserved. And let's leave it at that. I mean, there's nothing more there's nothing more to say about that. There's nothing more to say about that. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm I'm fired up about it. Now it's one one. We're going into Philly tomorrow. Yeah, did you big get the tickets, by the way? I did not get the tickets, unfortunately. It's uh, uh it was a little bit – it's a bigger trek than you think. You know, you got to get the train going, then you got to get the tickets. The train costs more than the actual game tickets. So, I was like, ah. So. Yeah, because I thought you were that. Did that guy give you tickets or what? No, it's a long story. But <laughs> I, di- I digress as well. Oh, um, but game three is – it's a big one, you know. But here's another thing about how the Padres are built. I love – the pitching, the starting pitching staff we have, it's like it's Musgrove versus Suarez. I don't even know. Like I've watched that guy pitch versus the Braves. He was okay, but I feel like we're on a completely different playing field, starting pitching wise. What do you think of Snell uh, last night or yesterday? So obviously the four run inning wasn't ideal. A lot of bloopers, which that is baseball, but it's also like it's not hard contact. Um, the, and ball inning, is, the inning that those runs came in off were bloopers. Like, oh, yeah. single. Oh, here's which, a single. Which oh, I'm not. Oh, those oh. are hits for sure. Like, Phillies yeah. fans relax. Like, those are hits. Yeah. But what I did love, the response. 
Me too. That, the response of Blake Snell to keep it at four and give us a chance yeah. was that's why we stayed in the game. If he succumbs to the, oh my God, I'm giving up four runs and Soto's not missing a ball in right field, we're going to get smoked today and 7 0. I don't know if we come back from that. I mean, you know, if a, if a, if a lead like that comes out where it's 8 nothing, it's, it's dejecting to see him on the scoreboard. So he did a phenomenal job, like staying with each batter and just trying to get the next out and keeping it at four. And that gave us a massive chance. And I, and also you Darvish, pitched great game one, he just had zero support. So the pitching has been great. Right. I, what I saw out of snow was exactly what you said. I, I finally, and again, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of finalies because you know, I've been, it is finally right. This whole thing's finally, <laughs> I know, but with, with snow, I finally felt like he, you know, we all we all saw what he did in what was it, Miami? He was at or uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay. and um, the Devil Rays. I still, you know, that's where I'm at. I'm at a Tampa Bay Devil Rays guy. Uh, history cannot be eliminated in baseball, um, but you know, we saw him and how he got pulled in that early that early series that early too early in the innings, and he was pissed. And then last night, or excuse me, yesterday. I finally saw, like, you know what? We're going to keep you in. We're going to let you work through this, and we're going to see what you can do. And you said it. He stood there. He stood his ground, and he he controlled what was going on, and I love it. And, you know, as a fan, to see your team respond like that, that was fantastic. And you, Darvish, you said it. You did not get any fucking support. So Yeah, and I think a lot of the credit has to go to Bob Melvin in that respect, too, that he's willing to let guys go even when he doesn't, you know, it's just like he has a feel for the game that I think the players respond to and respect. And I think that's shown as well. I mean, I've listened to a few interviews with Snell where they're, they've kind of goaded him into the, when he was pitching versus the Dodgers, like remember the last time you pitched and Kobe got pulled too early. And then he talked about his relationship with Bob and how he normally lets him go. Cause he has that trust in him. And it's like, I'm trusting you with the game. And if you think you can go, I'm going to allow you to go. And that's, as a I think it, you love that. Oh, you absolutely love it. And collectively as a team, I think that's why we are where we are, because that's the leader of the helm. It's like, Grisham, you stink all regular season, but I'm going to keep throwing you out there because I believe in you. Yeah. And then it works out in the play. I mean, it's worked out for us thus far, but I, I think the leadership quality of believing in the guys that you have goes a tremendous way. And I really agree. it's something that the Padres haven't had since 98 Bochi, so I, I mean we got a lot of work to do left in this NLCS but you gotta love our chances you know what I mean it's like we're gonna fight in every game Philly is a tough place to play but there's no reason we can't pull this off sports banter world episode 21 Padres heavy for an obvious obvious reason we're fighting for our lives out here trying to make this special year even more special with a World Series ring. Polar Bear, could you envision a World Series without Fernando Tatis Jr.? I mean, the city the city will explode, but if you talked to us four months ago, we would have said you're absolutely insane. Right, right. And hearing that he had an, a second surgery on his wrist a couple days yeah, ago. He's, yeah, he's doing Tatis things, but yeah. we're, <laughs> we're winning ballgames over here. And, and you know what? <laughs> that motherfucker get better get the MVP when he comes back. Let's just put it <laughs> that. That's all I got to yeah. say with that. 
Uh, that's all I got to say. Yeah. High expectations for when he comes back. High expectations. Uh, very fired up to watch the rest of this series. Hopefully, obviously, we come out on top. Um, living and dying pitch by pitch, like you said, is an absolute blessing to oh, be a part of in October. We've nice. missed this. I'm literally my hands in my face every pitch, every out. It's like, oh, this inning's doing? big. Oh, oh this happened. It's big, too. It's like they're all big. Every pitch is big, That's and right. I absolutely love it. October baseball is back in San Diego, baby. I love it, man. I'm so happy for us. We fucking Yeah, exactly. I'm happy for us. I'm happy for the city who is – looks like they're having a blast. Um, oh, yeah. I got to give a big shout-out to uh, Ernie Hahn, Alexis Hahn's dad. He's been sitting behind the dish almost every game, and I just – that right there is the epitome of how this team – Mr. San Diego. That's right. <laughs> This dude, he's grabbed onto everybody. This team has grabbed everyone, and he's a huge Padre fan. And I just had to call that out. I, I had to shout it out for that. that I love that. Yeah. So we're excited. Um, a lot of baseball left to be played, but for episode twenty-one, we out. See ya.